empowering you with strategies to succeed. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jen Tringale. I am just so thrilled that you are listening in on our podcast this month because of our very special guest. I was so thrilled to sit down on a Sunday afternoon recently and share some time with someone that's become a dear friend of mine. She is nationally known photographer Michelle Mitchell. Michelle's reputation is one that stands completely on its own merits because that's just how good she is. She counts celebrities among her clientele. She shoots around the nation. And she's done shoots for people like Sadie Robertson from Duck Dynasty, worship recording artist Christine Knuckles, David and Nicole Binion, so many others. It's probably safe to say maybe her favorite clients are her well-known brother-in-law and sister, Robert and Taylor Madu, and their beautiful family. So we went to Michelle's house, which sort of has a story in and of its own that she shares as well, in just an amazing twist of irony that's really just something only God could do. She has a story of her own that really coincides with this incredible house that God is building. So I want you to just kick back and enjoy this. Take this in. I know this is going to speak to your heart, probably some deeper places of your heart. And I am just so thrilled and honored that we got to share a piece of this incredible woman of God and her story with you. This is a two-part podcast, and I know you're going to love it. everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I am super excited about all of our podcasts this month, and I feel like I say this with so many guests, but this one is super fun. Number one, we are recording this podcast on location in our guest home, which is a super big deal. And I am so thrilled to have my new friend, Michelle Mitchell. Michelle, thank you so much for doing this today. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm we, so honored. It's just amazing. We're just sitting in this beautiful home of yours. And how long have you been moved in? So I have been in the house. We closed on May the 3rd. And so I've oh been in the house for... Almost three months now. Yeah, three months is of now. Crazy, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy for me to say that, but... Well, I mean, I could almost spend this whole podcast just telling all of our listeners how adorable it is. (laughs) Thank you. And I know you have so much in the works, but it's just already beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, So I kind of knew of you from some similar friends that we have, Mm -hmm. and you had done pictures for them as well. Yes. And then you just did a phenomenal photo shoot for me. Well, that was fun for me. We that had was a blast. All my, my treat for sure. Oh my goodness. We just had so much <laughs> we fun. We did. It was the first time we met. We just hung out. We kind of did. <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot. It, it didn't feel like work for me. It just felt like fun Aww. just hanging out with you and chatting and yeah. doing something I love in, in the mix. So we just had a great time. And actually, this is kind of cool because when this podcast releases, 
we are launching uh, the brand new sort of cover for the podcast, which is a photo that you took. Yay! So, that makes my day. That makes me happy. Yes. So everybody, when you <laughs> came and found this podcast, you'll see some of her great work. And so we'll give you all of her info at the end of the podcast so you can follow her. But really, I was just so, I think, amazed and intrigued uh, not just you and the time we had together, but just kind of getting little snippets of your story. And anybody that follows you on social media probably kind of feels the same way. They kind of mm-hmm. feel like there's obviously something pretty amazing that she has been walking out in the middle of that has a story attached to it that, for all intents and purposes, goes pretty deep, which is, you know, phenomenal whenever God does stuff like that in our life. But we were just kind of talking about, I had a pastor that I grew up with and he would always make this statement that the power is in the telling. Yeah, And I think it's twofold. I think it's powerful for us Mm -hmm. when we tell it. Absolutely. But of course it's powerful for people. Yeah. You know, I, I really think there's power in it Mm -hmm. that when they hear it, all of a sudden they kind of go, you know what? I think I can do this. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's like the, the gift of me too. You know what yes. I mean? Like that Such I a great way to say about. it. Yeah. So, yeah, I know so, the only way I have strength in doing this is through the Lord, obviously, but then through other people that have, like, I've seen do it. That yeah. That, you know, have inspired me to go, hey, you can overcome, girl. It's you know, so no true. No matter what you faced or, yeah. or what the enemy's thrown your way, you can overcome and do this. So Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Give us a couple of highlights just about this photography portion of your life, this amazing business that you've launched, and then we'll kind of transition into more of your story. So how did you go from like, hey, I think I'm pretty good at taking (laughs) pictures to I'm going to launch this as a real deal? I tell people all the time, I have a very unique story. I'm actually like completely self-taught. So Wow. Which is nuts, you know. So I learned actually a lot through trial and error, which I don't recommend to people. <laughs> but That's yeah, cool. I actually was in, I, I mean, I grew up, I was always a creative kid. Like I always loved the arts and was drawn to all things art and like photography and just, I don't know, I was always in my room making things, you know, just really? that kind of kid. Yeah. yeah. I just loved creative stuff mm-hmm. and music and dramas and yeah. photo- I mean, all of it. You name anything creative I loved. Wow. That was just a natural something the Lord put in me. Ended up going to school and I love the arts and I also love people. So I kind of had this dual parallel thing going. And when That's I went cool. to college, you know, Instagram and Facebook and yeah. all that wasn't out, you know, yet. And so the, the career of like photography was not this achievable, attainable. Right hey, I'm going to just go, I'm going to grab a camera and start taking pictures and make money. You know what right. I mean? So yeah. that wasn't even on my radar. So yeah. I always tell people, if you had asked me 15 years ago yeah. what I'd be doing in 2018, photography wasn't even on the top 10. Wow. I didn't have any idea that it was like, so you're, you know. So you are doing something right now as a viable business that yeah. in large part, unless you were like going to school and in New York or LA or didn't even exist. It didn't even exist. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like for me, at least a girl from South Arkansas, I came from a town of 18,000 people and that, that kind of thing was not attainable. You know what I mean? It was, it was just so far fetched that Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it hadn't even entered my little mind that it was a, 
even a possibility, you know. But because of my love for people, I chose to go to school um, when I had to decide my major finally. Yeah. (laughs) I was one of those that took the long route, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) plan in college. But I actually chose a degree in, like, the counseling and social work field. So I was headed down this path of, like, wanting to maybe be... I don't know, like a licensed counselor and yeah. still love all of that. All right. things psychology and people and all yeah. that love. It was headed down that path and went to graduate school and I had picked up photography as a hobby. Okay. That's how it all started. Okay. I'd saved all my money as yeah. a college like as a high school graduate, saved all my money, bought this little went to Walmart, bought a little film, like Canon Rebel film camera. Wow. And just kind of started doing it as a hobby. I thought, I'm just yeah. going to, you know, and like I said, it wasn't a popular thing. Not everybody right. had cameras and we didn't have Instagram and, mm-hmm. and talk about the power of like influence and the tongue. This guy from Louisiana Tech that was over the journalism department. Yeah. One day in passing, like saw, I had, you know, I was doing like little printouts of pictures I was taking of people and yeah. he just passed by me and like kind of looked down and saw my, you know, at the time, what I thought was like right. great work, and he goes, you know, you. He's like, you really have a gift, and I kind of was like, oh, really, really, <laughs> really, yeah. it piped up because right. he had there was weight to what he said because of what he did. Yeah. So he's like, you really, you really do. Like I, yeah, I could see you kind of doing this as a career. Let me look through your portfolio, and he's looking through, and I'm just kind of like being oh fueled, like you know, encouraged. So this is just a random chance. Yeah. Passing. Yeah. Well, I kind of knew this guy just friends of friends and okay but he was over you know the journalism department at Louisiana Tech and gotcha. he did the photography there okay and just was somebody that held a little bit more weight yeah. as as than the average person and yeah. he happened to see the portfolio and encouraged me you know and I mean the work was like you now if I look back at it I'm like oh <laughs> you know just really really encouraged me and so that kind of planted a little seed of Maybe I could do this, you know? Maybe I am gifted. I don't know. Yeah. And so, again, started doing it as a hobby. And I would take anyone's pictures that let me. I mean, I was asking people, like asking people to be my clients. Like, can I please take your pictures? And I would take them downtown in this little town I lived in. And I would do portrait sessions of them. And they would let me. And and I would print them out. You know, at the time, the digital thing wasn't, right. right. a deal and so I'd go to Walmart and I'd print out their photos and put oh, them in a book and yeah. and so, so that you were really, really kind of training whole, yourself yeah I was training myself wow. and then so really truly all self-taught and again hindsight I don't always recommend that because I did learn a lot through trial and error but yeah that's actually how I started and then by the time I got into graduate school the photography business part-time hobby slash business that had taken off was really gaining ground and I got to a point where I was like I can't do both of these things I can't go to full-time graduate school and do full-time photography and work a full-time job wow so I was 24 and I just I thought man I'm gonna jump out and do this I'm gonna take the leap yeah (laughs) so I left my full-time job I left full time, you know, benefits, all that. And, wow. and I did wait a little bit. You know, I don't always sure. recommend to people just to like, yeah. you know, use wisdom, right. but just to jump out. And But I prayed about it, soaked it in prayer. I had people that prayed about it with me and really believed in me. And mm-hmm. they were like, we think you can do this. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to someone, if I could just book like three clients a month, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. I can I can do this. Right. And just so awesome what the Lord's done. I mean, it really is. It's I, hindsight now, I look back, I'm so grateful because every bit of it has been Him. I mean, wow. I have 
even down to just the faith. I mean, just I had a little bit of <laughs> faith, you know, to jump yeah. out and do it. He's so met me. Yeah. And that was now 11 years ago. And the journey has just been wow crazy. Yeah. Know, it's been a wild ride. But I just always think, gosh, if I hadn't stepped out, what would my life look what like? Would How different? Yeah. You know, would it be? So would you say it kind of evolved and grew word of mouth? As far as your business? I do in the beginning, and that's evolved too. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, I would definitely say I built a strong, like, kind of base of Mm -hmm. clients. Yeah. Um, Word of mouth was huge. Yeah. Like any other business. You know, word of mouth, shooting for this family, and they would tell their friends. And then shooting for this couple, and they would tell their friends. And I'm huge on relationships, Mm -hmm. and so I think that benefited me as well because mm-hmm. I became actually like really so I always tell people I don't know if these people in the beginning hired me because I was good mm-hmm. or if they hired me just because they kind of liked me right <laughs> I don't really know truly either way. but either way right I'm grateful <laughs> right. you know because now I go back to their houses and look in their homes no. at the pictures I took 11 years ago and I'm like wow thank you for hiring honestly I hug them and I'm like this is is that kind of a surreal wow. feeling though to walk into somebody's home and you're the one that has captured yeah. like the history it's of amazing. this family. That's yeah, gotta it's be a cool. I mean, it really is. It's a cool feeling and I take a lot of pride in it. I mean, it's, it's awesome yeah. to capture these memories for families and it's cool. I get to a lot of times capture some of the sweetest moments of oh. people's lives, you know, weddings yeah. and babies and engagements and across the board, you name it, kind of photo shoot. I mean, all yeah. sorts of things. And it's just been it's been a wild ride and adventure, but it's it's an honor. And yeah. it is cool to walk into these living rooms and see these stories and to know that people trust me, you know, with like sure. their kids and these images and just yeah. these stories of their lives. It's just, it's really right. cool. Well, everything that, you know, I've always heard about you as a photographer and then having worked with you and I've, you know, done a few photo shoots before but it just so rang true what everybody kind of the common thread and that is of course you always want photos to look good and all of your work looks so good and so professional but they're such a personal and sort of a more intimate glimpse into that person or that family I think tone that you seem to capture and everybody always says that you know about your work and I, I mean, I don't know anything about photography, but I know that's got to be a gift to strike that balance of having a, a clean, beautiful, you know, well-produced shot that is at the same time somehow so personal in a moment, well, you know, that you captured. And that's got to be just like that man said to you, you've really got a gift. Well, and I, I mean, I... I try to be very careful to credit everything, you know, back to the Lord truly because I tell people a lot of times, like, you can teach a person the technical side of, like, a camera. Mm -hmm. I could put take 10 people and put 10 cameras in their hands and teach them, you know, but if you don't have the gift, like, in the Lord truly, like, the creative just seeing, you can't teach that, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so I, I just, I'm so grateful. And I think everybody's like that in their gifting. Like, you just... If you're flowing in your gift, well, it's a natural, like, so I always think, gosh, is that what people see when they see my work, you know? Mm-hmm. It's always so sweet to hear. But I do try to have more of, like, a heart and soul photography type. The heart of a moment is huge for me. Yeah. Or, you know, the lighting and all that's great, but it's, right. it's like, storytelling is my 
heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Well, thank you for for saying that. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it speaks for itself. And I think even that day we did that photo shoot, somehow we got to talking about, you know, what a timely gift it is, I think Mm -hmm. as believers, Mm -hmm. because there are so many ways to communicate the gospel or the goodness of God Mm -hmm. or the, the heart of God. And we happen to live in a time where the majority of communication is visual. Absolutely. You know, so for you to be operating in that, you know, at a time like that, I just think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it is cool. I was actually just having this conversation with someone yesterday that we're living in a unique time for photographers, for photographers that are believers. Yes. And I was telling them, not speaking in business terms, speaking in like ministry terms. Right. Instagram and Facebook have been so awesome because that's what people do all day is they sit. I mean, this is, it's a sad, it's good and bad that they sit on their phones and they look at photos and they look, you know, read posts. And I try to do all on my Instagram. I try to Mm -hmm. like post work, but also post things on my heart, encourage and inspire. And that's part of, I feel like of the existence of my feed. But I was telling this person yesterday, I feel like because of Instagram and Facebook, um, it's doing legwork I don't have to necessarily do you know I post and it just goes out so it's so cool and I think we're living in a unique time yeah for photographers specifically that are believers Mm -hmm. I really really do and creatives Mm -hmm. yeah so I've tried to commit to the Lord to use that as a huge it's true way to like inspire and minister because people are looking (laughs) and they're searching and they're wanting to yeah you know absolutely I mean you know was it earlier this year I think we had you know, the passing of Billy Graham yeah. moved to heaven. And in his day, he was he was the preacher probably of mm-hmm. our day, right? Mm-hmm. And he filled arenas mm-hmm. and crusades all over the world. And I, I remember hearing somebody say, you know, will we ever have another Billy Graham? And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, I have to believe we, we will. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be more than one. And if you were going to raise up a Billy Graham-esque person in this day and age, they probably will not be an arena preacher. That's good, yeah. They will probably be someone that is creatively finding expression for this is who God is, and it will probably be placed on digital platforms. That's good. Because that's where the world is gathering. Absolutely. I really, really believe that. Yeah, it really is. So if anybody does follow you on Instagram, (laughs) which I think there's more than a few that do, but you have been kind of letting out some shots of this home that just has such a story attached to it in and of itself but then is also attached to really your story yeah. and and where you kind of started mm-hmm. and what God has has walked you through yeah. and from the little bits. And, and I'm going to tell our listeners, like, I don't already know this story. <laughs> so we're, we're all just kind of, you know, it unravels how it unravels. But the little bit that you shared, it's obvious that it is a story and a story in progress of restoration and I love stories of restoration I feel like my own life is a story of restoration I think you know for myself being in ministry which is just the people business Mm -hmm. really um, I'm so privileged to get to hear stories of restoration or be a small part of a piece 
mm-hmm. of a work of restoration. Mm-hmm. You know, and the truth is, none of us are traveling through this life in just total ease and perfection right like sometimes we may try and portray that picture Mm -hmm. but everybody knows that it's you know it's a false front right because we do live in a broken world Mm -hmm. a fallen world and so we are all really in some way shape or form works of restoration right you know that god's doing so kind of give us a piece of like the beginnings of you and this story and what God's really been walking you through. Okay. So I was raised in South Arkansas. You know, mm-hmm. I told you that earlier at the time yes. town. I have kind shout of a, out to sh- South shout Arkansas. Shout out to El Dorado, Arkansas. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, raised in a small town. And I kind of have a unique story in that I have great parents. Grew up in South Arkansas with them. My dad was a minister, so he was a traveling evangelist and is to this day. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. Now, you're the oldest. I am the oldest. And then you have two other siblings. I do. So, I'm just turned 35. I have a brother yet that's 33. His name is Trey. Mm -hmm. I adore him. And a sister named Taylor. She's 31. I adore her. Yeah, she's awesome. (laughs) I adore her. I have a stepsister named Hunter that's 24. So there's like four of us total. Yeah. But yeah, we're kind of this unique case. We can kind of talk about this, but we're, we grew up in South Arkansas, preacher's kids, small town, South Arkansas culture and church culture (laughs) type of thing. Raised in a small town like that, my parents actually went through a really, really hard divorce when I was 12. Such a crucial age. Such a crucial age. Several dynamics came into play. Having a dad in ministry that traveled all the time and then having a mom Mm. that was a stay-at-home mom. But my mom always dealt with with a lot of mental illness and was diagnosed with depression, severe depression, bipolar. Was a great mom and did as much as she could, but suffered a lot in her emotions. She suffered a lot mentally. And that obviously spilled over into... Yeah. You know, some things that yeah. her parenting, you know, those wounds mm-hmm. definitely developed like as a little girl. Yeah. You know what I mean, I guess to put it in a nutshell, dealt with a lot, a lot of childhood trauma and a lot of childhood wounding. Yeah. And while being raised in the church and loving the Lord and having a dad that was a preacher, I mean, all that was great and fine, but mm. there was a lot of wounding that I just never dealt with, you yeah. know, that I just kind of walked right past and tried to kind of you know, keep going. Keep going and, yeah. But it, it created some things in my life that needed restoration, mm-hmm. you know, and needed the Lord's touch and His hand, and I needed to allow Him to come in and yeah. really get a hold of, of those rooms and those places, you know. Yeah. I also dealt with, like, when I was 13, dealt with some abuse. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, yeah. it was a lot of pain and a lot yeah. of loss and a lot of, yeah. you know, just... And was all this sort of, like, nobody really knew what was going on? Yeah, so... Because um, that makes it, I think, so much harder. Yeah, so, you know, 12 is such a pivotal, it's such a crucial age. Yeah. And I was dealing with devastating blow. My, mm-hmm. Our parents' divorce was, was hard. It mm-hmm. was really, it was a dirty divorce. It was hard. Mm-hmm. So we walked through that. And then post-divorce, I dealt with some abuse. And all of that was, you know undercover and a lot of I think shame and like abandonment and different things began to just really take root in my life and heart Mm -hmm. and again like I said while I love the Lord and Mm -hmm. kept going forward and walking forward Mm -hmm. those things still kind of had a hold of like my identity my identity as a 
teenager, I think the biggest part of my restoration story has been the restoration story of that, of God wiping out the shame and the guilt and the abandonment and the insecurity and all those things and making all things new and him coming into each room of my heart and being all those things that I I so desperately needed Mm -hmm. because I got to a point in my 20s where you know I always say to every root there's a fruit good and bad and I had a lot of bad fruits that were starting to to come up Mm -hmm. you know like I said the insecurity and the Mm -hmm. intense fear and just feeling so loving the Lord and you know walking in but not walking in victory you know walking you know feeling kind of a sense of shame and Mm -hmm. abandonment and I'll never be I'll never you know what I mean those voices and um so it's just been a process for me of the Lord healing and like I keep saying for my life it's been similar to the house going into each room and going I'm with you now and Mm -hmm. like let's gut this room let's gut this room of anxiety and insecurity and fear and let's replace it with you know what I mean and so and I think just like the house I think that with the Lord I mean it's work with him it's choosing it's yeah. You know, believing his word. It's not for the faint at heart. It's not, yeah. you know, and he always meets us. But yeah, so childhood was tough. There was a lot of trauma. Trauma I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And a lot of deep wounding. And I was always a feeler anyway, you know, mm-hmm. that creative, like very sure. felt deep and yeah. carried things I probably shouldn't have carried. I was the oldest of four kids. Right. And just, you know, a lot of childhood trauma that I almost just kind of ran past and ran over and... Mm-hmm was the perfectionist person who got to my 20s and thought, I'm just going to leave leave that there, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to live my life. Mm-hmm. And I got to a point where I could not do that anymore. I yeah. had to let the Lord begin to come in and, like, do His work. Yeah. You know? So when you say you got to the point where you couldn't do that anymore, was it, did you hit a place where things just started shutting down? Yeah, in my late 20s, I'd say I had seasons of like deep hopelessness and almost like depression. Things that were coming up in my life and I knew they weren't even like situational. It was just this like... Coming up in you. Yes, these like fruits of just... And I knew, I knew that I wasn't dealing. I knew that I wasn't allowing the Lord to really go to those places with me. I was trying to kind of run past them. Right. With Him and with people. Mm, you know what I mean? Like yeah. with the Lord and with people, I, I was trying to be something and perform. And I thought maybe that would like really heal me. Or mm-hmm. I thought maybe people could heal me mm-hmm. or I don't know what I was really searching for, but I was searching and that continual disappointment of just like it's not nobody happening. being able to meet and nobody being able to heal and nobody being able to Now let me ask me, you this. You I mean, know? I think I know this answer because I think people listening need to hear this. So you're kind of hitting these seasons of depression, mm-hmm. total hopelessness, mm-hmm. like you said, not necessarily situational. It's, it's coming from up yeah. in you. And at this time, you are a believer and have a relationship with Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's such a big deal. And one of the reasons, Michelle, that your life and your story is so powerful, because I don't know that that really gets talked about, yeah. you know, a whole lot. Because we all want to get to the victory part. Absolutely. But it, we don't hear so much about, hey, God wants you to the victory part, but in order to get to the victory part, you're going to have to 
face the pain. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think we see that even biblically, you know, when I got into the Word for myself, uh-huh. <laughs> being raised in church, you know, and especially in the charismatic movement, which I adore and love. Yeah. You know, when I really started getting into Scripture and digging in, you see the Davids and the you know, the people who were like, wrestling this thing out with God you know so true wrestling like life and real issues and real pain out yeah. with this God that yeah. supposedly loves you and has a plan and has a purpose in all this and I mean I'm not pretending even that I'm there but I, sure. I mean the Lord has done so much yeah. beautiful work I mean yeah. it's just unbelievable I could cry talking about it because I feel mm-hmm. like a miracle you know yeah. the beauty for me and even in like falling in love with the Lord mm-hmm. has been those times of wrestling mm-hmm. and then overcoming with him yeah and not running from those things but going through it with him yeah can I ask you yeah. like as what did that look like for you I mean it wasn't pretty <laughs> um a lot of times and I know there's and we kind of talked about this earlier but there's only a few choice people which I think is wisdom I will say um you know when, when letting people into those parts of our lives it's so true um I always tell people, like, Jesus had, you know, 12, and then he had three. You know, it kind of like, you can just be choosy. I got to a point where the perfectionism had to die. I wasn't healing, and it wasn't healing me or helping me. The image of Miss Shaley and what I thought Miss Shaley needed to be wasn't bringing me anything, but you know what I mean? And so what did that look like? You know, he asked me. So it was a lot of wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was Mm -hmm. a lot of counseling. Mm -hmm. I saw a spirit-filled counselor for years and so good we wrestled some really hard things out that I did not understand and I think a lot of us or some of us you know I did a lot of childhood wounding that like I keep talking about we just never overcome or face but we still carry that inner child and like there's healing that needs to happen there you know I was a 25 year old girl dealing with feelings of such deep abandonment Mm -hmm. and such deep hopelessness and so contrary to what the Lord was saying about me and so contrary you know but I was that's why I say that my identity Mm -hmm. was just robbed it was completely taken from me when I was young through a lot of these things you know the loss of my parents marriage and Mm -hmm. through some abuse and through just some of the things that kind of go along with that I think a lot Mm -hmm. of us deal with Mm -hmm. sadly like statistically a lot of people deal with true divorce and it's hard so I got to you know adulthood and I realized that these things didn't just vanish I was gonna have to deal with them Mm -hmm. and face them with the Lord Mm -hmm. and it's through that that I have fallen more and more in love with him because of his kindness and love and mercy and even going back to each room and him saying I was with you I was Mm. there the wounds that have been healed because of that it's just been powerful and my love for him because of the process is deeper now you know it takes a lot of courage to share the work of restoration that God does in our lives and I so admire this about Michelle and what God has walked her into I told her sitting there that day it's so wild to hear her tell her story because I'm sitting there looking at this beautiful, accomplished woman of God that has such confidence and yet tenderness coming out of her. And to hear what she walked through, it's almost hard to believe because she is so just set in who God has made her to be. 
and it's because she's allowed this work. I love that statement she made at the end about how because of the process, her love for the Lord is deeper now. It's coming from a very real place in her heart. We actually had to take this podcast and make it into two parts because I just didn't want her to stop and there's so much to it. In part two, I really encourage you to listen to it because this is where she really started sharing, okay, these are the ways that God brought me through. This is what I had to do. This is what he connected me to and the tools he gave me to start really walking in a freedom that changed my reality. Oh, it's so, so good. So don't miss that. Thank you for tuning in. And I know you're going to be just so, so blessed by part two. And I want to encourage you, you probably know some people that have walked through something similar that need to hear this story. Hey, share these two podcasts with them. Let this be a tool on their path of freedom. Thanks for listening. We love you. We'll see you next time.